Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We've been talking about kicking giants to the curb. Y'all still with me? We got to kick some giants to the curb because you're always going to have giants. And uh, let me just say first, look around. It's been said that when visitors come to our church, it feels like family. And I, I believe that. I've been believing for that. We're a team. You know, we're a team. And the Lord, you know, if you don't, if you don't have sermon notes, raise your hand. The, the ushers want to pass them out. Maybe you're a visitor today. We're glad you're here today. We are so excited that you're here today. And you know what? If you're a believer, you are in the family of God, and you're, you're part of us. And so we're all in the family of God. I don't care what your background is or even if you still claim to be Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Catholic, whatever. If you believe in Jesus, you belong with me. Amen. And so what we want to get a hold of is the word of God. And we want to live by the word of God. But I want to go at something just for a second. We're a team. And when we're in harmony, there's nothing that we cannot do. Now, we're not perfect. Our church is not perfect. We've got growing pains, which is a good thing, but it also brings stress. And people, why don't we do this and why don't we do that? And what we're trying to do. And that's why we ask for volunteers because we need everybody on the team. And, and you know, uh, when I played basketball, basketball is a non-contact sport, so they say. I got stitches in the lip on the inside of my mouth. I got stitches. I got a good scar above my eye. They thought my eyeball popped out when they, when I, I helped, you know, you get a head butted and it hurt so bad. And when I did like this, my whole face was covered in blood and everybody, everybody ran to the other end of the gym. They scared, you know, but it's non-contact sport. And if you, you know, I've coached and seen people play, I get in there and get mix it up. But then there's some people that go, like that you know they don't want to get in there they don't want to get in the mix up they want to stay on the outside and that's all right because we're still on the team and I was reminded that you know it doesn't matter what position you are as in our church we love you and you are you are a part and so where I'm going with this if we don't work together if all you are is negative Nancy or negative Ned you're not helping now, we're talking about David and Goliath today, but David said, he taught us, he was the first one to teach us, touch not mine anointed. He had the right to kill Saul, to defend himself, because he was already anointed king. But he said, no, I can't do that. Touch not my anointed. Look at the people around you. They are the anointed. Quit nagging on them. Quit nagging on me. Okay? Let's get, let's get, you know, pray. Nagging and, 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 and oh, that's pitiful. You know, that's not praying. That's griping and complaining. And I'm not, I'm not addressing anybody specifically, but I'm trying to help us. We got to move forward. We've got growing pains. We need more rooms. We need to add on. We've got things to do. And we're trying things and we're trying to move forward as a church. We're changing our culture uh, and it's working. Glory to God. It's working. But I want, I want to remind you that, the, you know, 
if the, you know, they mess up or didn't sing your favorite song today, glory to God, it's not the end of the world. If somebody didn't speak to you, he hadn't spoke to me in four Sundays. Well, I'm sorry, I, you know. Let's, let's don't be keepers of the aquarium. Let's think of the big picture. Let's look at, you know, uh, uh, the certain staff are so busy on Sunday, they have a hard time speaking to you. Not that they don't love you. And so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get us, we're a team, okay? We're a family. And let's push forward, okay? And, and let's move forward. And you may bring an idea and we may not do it because it may not be the time. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. Let's just keep rolling. Let's grow in God, okay? Amen. That's commercial break. So in this life, we face all kinds of giants. There's drugs. There's fear. There's, uh, you know, whatever. your kids can be a giant. How many of you know that? Uh, your family, your, your in-laws and outlaws, you know, can be giants. Your job can be a giant. Disappointment can be a giant. And, you know, I haven't really focused on a specific one. I've just been trying to, how do you deal with a giant? Today we're going to look at how David did it. And, and David's life is so full of God, but he still had failures. And even with his failures, God still called him a man after his own heart. And God still called Jesus the son of David. Wow. Wow. And so... So in, in John 16, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. But in this world, you're going to have giants. I know it says tribulation, but you're going to have giants in this world. You're going to have giants. Be of good cheer. I've overcome giants. He said, I've overcome every giant that you're going to face. Matter of fact, it says that he's tempted in every manner that we've been tempted in. I mean, he was tempted with drugs, alcohol, prostitution, you know, everything, everything that we face, fears. How about broken heart over people? His heart was broken up because of their doubt and unbelief. He cried over Jerusalem the week that he was going to the cross because they did not receive him as the Messiah. Broke his heart. So when your heart's broken over your children not doing right or your mama don't know Jesus and whatever, God wants to help you. He's our helper. So here's the question as we, do this, as we go through the sermon today. Are you operating in fear or are you operating in love? Something to look at. Well, you know, fear and faith. No, fear and love. Because if you're in love, you've got great faith. And love is powerful. Love is powerful. Say it with me. Love, love. is powerful. So let's go to number one. David had a personal relationship with God. A personal relationship. Now I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk mainly through the story. But if you go to 1 Samuel 16 and, and verse 1, Samuel was the prophet of the day. He people were afraid of him. I mean, you know, when he came to town one time, watch when he came to town to anoint David, everybody goes, they came into town and they're Samuel, are, are, are you good, or is everything okay, or are you going to call down fire on us? And he was nervous. The people were nervous, but he had come to anoint David king. But, you know, if you read the first verse, he was still upset with Saul. The, the people of Israel wanted a king. They wanted a king like the other nations of the earth. And God said, I'm your king. 
I, I, you got a prophet, he, he speaks my word, and, and you don't need a man. Oh, we want a man. And so they, man, you look at, you look at Saul, he was six foot, he was over, probably six two, six four. He's a big guy, good looking guy. And uh, they, they chose him to be king. Well, he had a failure. He didn't obey God. Obedience is better than sacrifices, where you, if you've ever heard that. To obey God is better to sacrifice and, and, or, or, you know, or try to cover something up like giving money or throwing money at something. Or God wants your heart. God wants your heart. And Saul got big. You know, first he was real humble, but then he got cocky. He wasn't very mature. And he fell. And, man, Samuel's moping. You know what the lesson in that is? If I fall, you're not following me anyway. You hear me? You're following Jesus. Okay? And I'm a man. And I can get stupid. Okay, I'm, not, I'm trying to keep myself. I've got to walk in this just like everybody else. But you see ministers fail and you see their congregation scattered like sheep. It hurts. People get hurt in church. It ought not be so, but it happens. You get hurt at the house. It ought not be so, but it happens. But hear me. God, we can't mope about it. We can't be depressed about it. We've got to follow God. And God said, how long are you going to uh, uh, mope over uh, Saul? Go anoint a new king. And so he went down to anoint David. And, and, and the Spirit of God, uh, he called, and he looked at all the brothers that David had. And the first one was good looking, bowed up, you know. Ooh, this is the one, Samuel said. This is the one. And God said, nope, you look at the outside. I'm looking at the inside. And he went through all of them, and David wasn't there. And they said, do you have any more? He said, yeah, we got a little punk kid, you know, keeping the sheep out there. The youngest, what a, the runt of the litter. And so they go get him, and the Lord and God spoke to, to Samuel and said, He's the one. And so he poured the oil on him and anointed him as king. Now, let, let's just bounce into it and read it in 1 Samuel 16, 12 through 13. This is what, and, and he sent. And he brought him in, and he was ruddy, and he had bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint. This is the one, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And his brothers got jealous. Okay. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. The day you gave your heart to Jesus, the Spirit of God came on you. The difference between you and David is David started fellowshipping God. And you went back to your old rut. Get out of that rut. You serve the almighty God. You're in his family now. You're not in that family that you're not a Joan Smith, a McClary, Williams, whatever. You're not that. You ever heard the saying blood's thicker than water? And we think, well, I'm sticking with my family. Blood's thicker than water. No, the blood of Jesus is thicker than the womb water you were born in. He is greater than your family. And you've got to put him first because I've left things in my family to serve God, to, uh, to pursue the things of God. I left family and, and move. And you know what? God said, because you do that, he said, he'll add everything, family, brothers, sisters, lands, houses. We've got to obey God. So, so David began with a relationship and, and David uh, began to fellowship God. Come on, Sarah. Sarah's got a little testimony of what the Lord spoke to her. And uh, we're going to have people... 
share testimony today from time to time. So pay attention, turn that mic up, and let's see if we can hear. Um, in my quiet time a couple weeks ago, I was just spending time with the Lord, and it's like I could hear him say, Sierra, child of, and he said the nine gifts of the Spirit. So he said peace, love, hope, gentleness, kindness, so forth. And I just felt an impression that so often, what are we identifying ourselves with? And the example that I got was, you know, in England, they say Duchess, um, Kate Duchess of Middleton, I think is where she's from. And so that's where she's from. That's where she's identified from. And God said, we don't have to identify ourselves with our past or what's going on right now in our life, whether it's you're not child of cancer, you're not child of depression, you're not child of poverty, you are child of freedom. And it's like I could see um, somebody maybe even get out of jail or take your shackles off. We sing that a lot, take your shackles off. But we have the record of what we've done in our pocket because when you get out of jail, you're free, but you still have a record following you. And Jesus says, no, my blood washed that free, it's gone. It's just like a chalkboard. Your record was written on a chalkboard and his rain came down and washed it clean. It's free. So let go of the past. You are not child of your past. You are child of hope. But you have to understand that that is your identity. So what is your identity? What are you identifying yourself with today? What are you identifying yourself with today? Get in God's word and find his promise. Mine was the nine gifts of the spirit. I am Sierra, a child of peace, hope, gentleness, self-control. And it goes on and on. Amen. So you received that? So, so here we go. David developed his relationship. Are you developing your relationship with God? You know, Greg asked a question at the men's breakfast. Is, is there, are there uh, uh, different positions in Christ or are there degrees? Yeah, well, the Bible says deep cries out the deep. Come on deeper. Come on deeper. Or come up. Come up. Take another step. Take a next step. Take a next step. We're all on different levels with Jesus. And it's time for us to, to grow up and, and to mature. Um, James 4, 7, and 8 says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And draw near to God. And listen, listen to me. David was still a shepherd boy. He still had to keep the sheep, but on the inside, he's, he's God's man. And God's his God. He had a deeper relationship with God. God is not telling you when you get saved, you quit your job. He's telling you go, go fellowship with him while you work. Go grow in him and develop in him. You know, the gifts of God are free. Maturity cost okay amen amen brother brett so let that set just think a minute the gifts of god are free the fruits of the spirit she's talking about are free but to mature in them cost you got to cut tv off you got to open up your bible you got to pray you got to fellowship god you can't be thinking about what your best team, you know soccer team's doing you got to focus Got to put God first. Come on, you put the kingdom of God first and all these things are added to you. You become the best soccer coach or soccer player. Or you, you know, you've got to put God first. And that's maturity. 
spend time with him. David sat on the side of the mountain watching the sheep, spending time with God and God with him. You see, you've got the same anointing that David had. The same spirit that rested on David rests on you. There's a movie coming out, or maybe out, uh, Samson. You know, I don't know if you've seen it advertised. I hadn't seen it. I'm not plugging it. And, you know, they show Samson be big old boy, bowed up. But the Bible says Samson was a normal guy. But the Spirit of God came upon him, and he did great feats. So you need to let the Spirit of God come on you. Come on, you got to get out of the box. Number two. Let me, let me say this, too, before we go to number two. Maturity. Maturity is really enduring faith. No matter what happens, we, we're talking about David killing Goliath just on a whim. But how many of you know David had to endure some things? You know who became his giant next? Saul. His own king became the giant in his life, and he had to endure some things. He couldn't take a sling in his rock and kill him. Okay, all right. Amen, Pastor Brett. Number two, giants come unexpectedly. Now, for the children of Israel, they've been sitting out there, arrayed, the armies on one side and the Philistines on the other. And for 40 days, Goliath stepped out there and went, ah, come on over here and let me, you know, let your champion fight me. For 40 days. You know, those boys were having nightmares. Fear was rising up in them. You ever had a nightmare? Oh, okay. Just me and about six others. You all, rest of y'all are lying. Come into the altar. And let's repent. Nightmares come. That's your flesh. And, that's the, and sometimes it's the devil. And he'll put fear in you. Not all, prayer, not all dreams are from God. You know, you eat pizza and peanut butter and sardines, and you're going to have some crazy dreams. <laughs> have y'all ever read the story of Gideon? I've been reading on Gideon. Gideon, God sent Gideon to the enemy's camp. And he's, and he's listening. And two guys, one of them said, man, I had a dream. This loaf of bread came rolling down the hill and killed us all. And Gideon goes, man, what did he eat to have a dream like that? And his buddy said, I know what that means. That's Gideon and his army. They're going to come and kill us all. Gideon didn't have that. He didn't have that. You know, some people will talk and it'll, it'll encourage your faith. And some people will talk. And if you believe in them, they'll discourage your faith. You want to be encouraging, and you want to receive encouragement. You don't have to receive discouraging stuff. And I've had people tell me, you're no good. You can't make it. You're not going to do it, you know. Hey, but I got God. Me and God's the majority. Come on, as long as I walk in love, I've got it made. So, so giants come unexpectedly. And so David shows up. David shows up. And boom, Goliath comes out. He ain't there. He's passing out the cheese and the bread. You know, his daddy sent him, go down and check on your brothers, make sure they're doing good. Here's some cheese and bread and, and make sure they got something to eat. And, and so he goes in there and all of a sudden, boom, a giant shows up. Y'all ever had a giant show up? I was, I was helping this man on his farm one time, me and my, my brother were. And, and, and uh, we, we were hauling some, I ain't say, we was hauling trash off. And uh, I'm sitting on the tailgate and this man I'm working for is sitting in the middle and my brother's on the other side. And so I'm not paying attention. I'm, you know, we just turned out of the driveway and we get on the main road. And so we're starting to, you know, pick up some speed. And my brother raised his hand like he's going to slap me on the back. And the man said, I dare you. Well, my brother pushed me. 
We're doing about 35, between 35 and 40 miles an hour. It's a giant, okay? I hit the pavement, and I'm on my feet, and I'm doing this number. I'm skidding, and I'm sliding along the black top, and I thought, and man, I go, I'm all right. I'm going to make it. I rode up in the ditch, but I slid on my feet for a good 10, 15 feet, and I'm going, and my mind went, you're going to make it, and I went, I just rolled up. That's a giant, huh? Unexpected. Well, David saw an unexpected giant, Goliath steps out there, and he starts dealing with it. Let's read it real quick. 1 Samuel 17, 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. And David, this is David's first day. And David said, you know, well, who's going to take care of this man? And his brother's like, shut up. You're just a punk anyway. Were you down here just trying to see the battle? Well, his daddy sent him. Look at number three. What did David see? What did David really see? He wasn't looking at the problem. He was looking at God. Everybody else was looking at the problem. The Israelites saw Goliath as quite a man. He stood nine feet tall. His armor weighed 125 pounds. This spear was 15 pounds. Big boy. Big boy. 1 Samuel 17, 25, they, they go, have you not seen this man? Have you not seen this man? Have you not seen who this is that comes up? Surely he's come to defy Israel, and it shall be, and, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. That's what the king said. Well, somebody, you know what? The king should have stepped up. The king was supposed to step up. And David says, okay, okay. Look at what, what David said in verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood before him. Who, what shall be done who kills this Philistine and who takes away the reproach? For who is this man who has no God? Man who does not know God. That's what that means. He has no covenant. He has no agreement with our God. Who is this man that has no agreement with our God? That he should defy the armies of the living God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Today we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look at me. Today we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. And the devil has no covenant with God. The devil has no agreement with God. The devil has not the blood of Jesus. He does not have the Holy Spirit helping him, but you do. You've got everything you need. You are equipped. Amen, Pastor Brett. <laughs> Say, I'm equipped. My goodness. Psalms 27 is a psalm of David. One through three says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God's on my side. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? Giant, devil, get out. Look at it. Look, uh, when the wicked, what's the wicked? Sickness, disease, lack. You're going to lose your job. Grandma's sick. What you going to do? You love grandma. You love grandpa. When the wicked comes up to eat my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fail. Look at number th verse 3. Though an army be, may be encamped 
against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. In this what? God is God, and God is on my side. Say, God's on my side. God's doing it in me. Testimony time. I've been waiting on this one for a long time. About a month and a half ago, the Lord said they're going to testify, and I said, oh, I can't wait. Well, why didn't you go tell them to do it then, Pastor? Because that's not what God said to do. It's in their timing. Come on, buddy in Jericho. Come on, give them a hand clap. Tell them you love them. Who's going first? Here we go. This is Jericho. This is Buddy. <laughs> well, I've um, personally struggled with depression on and off now since high school. It just basically seems like my whole life at this point. Uh, we hit uh, probably our lowest point in our lives last October. We were getting ready to go our separate ways. We have several children altogether. Um, I wanted to die. He was drunk all the time. And we had the Holy Spirit pulling on us. And it was so hard to understand. Be like, we would look at each other and be like, we need to go to church. And then we'd be like, nah. <laughs> you know, we have bills to pay. We have things to do. And we'll, we'll get through. Well, when we hit our lowest, we came to church in October. Um, Greg offered buddy to come to church with him and actually Amber who watches the children offered at my work to have me come and we uh, say got saved and since then it's been about five months and in the middle of February um, I went back to my doctor's office because I had been feeling sick waking up and taking my medication every morning for my depression and anxiety she looked at me and she said, so when you take it, you're getting sick. And I said, violently sick. She said, uh, okay, then you don't need this anymore. And she, <laughs> she's like, well, we'll work our way and get you off of it. And, and ever since we joined the church, we have joined every life group. We have gone to every worship night. We have been here every Sunday that we possibly could. And every time we come, we get more and more. And I feel like I have all these tools now that I never had before, being counselors and taking medicine, and it's just amazing. Uh, I just want to share a little bit about how God got me and, wh and what happened. Uh, from the, I, I took my first drink when I was 12, and uh, by the time I was 14, I was a full-blown, mean, aggressive, violent alcoholic, and uh I destroyed everything put in my path. God gave me good things, great things, jobs, relationships, friendships. I destroyed them. And uh, for 23 years, I kicked everything God rolled to me, and I kicked it away. And uh, I, I believed in God, but I didn't trust him. I thought he didn't love me. And uh, I come in this church. I sat right over there. My big old head hung down. I couldn't hold it up. I was crying. And I'm so thankful for Miss June because she's obedient to God. He told her, you go tell that boy, I love him. And there's nobody on this earth that I love any more than him. And I felt the presence of God right then. And I told him, okay, I'm going to follow you, God, and we're going to do it. And for four and a half months, 
I stand in victory over alcoholism. I have not had a drink. He's put me in AA where I'm able to share my experience, strength, and hope with others and help them with the disease too. Today, I thank God for everything in my life. Your brother. Tell about your brother. Oh, yeah, my brother. I got my brother. He, uh, he went to penitentiary young in his life, spent 18 years, had a drinking and driving accident, killed two people. When he was in prison, he started, got affiliated running with the Aryan Brotherhood. Well, Tuesday night, he, uh, he got saved and baptized in a predominantly black church in Tennessee. So praise God on that one, too. Hold on. Let's see, see what, what this is about. What, what, what happened to them? Love. Love is power. Power to change a life. Power to change your life. Well, you know, you know, they know you know you know. That's excuses because that's where you're going. Let the love of God change your life today. Come on, give your heart to Jesus. Number four, David had experience with the impossible. Come on, I, grow, grow, grow in God. Start believing God for simple things. David sitting on the hillside had a fellowship with God and talked with God and believed God for the simple things. Then when the hard things show up, he said, my God's God. I mean, believe God for a pair of socks. Father, I just, I, I just I'm, I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to believe, I'm going to ask you, whatever it might be, I need some new blue jeans, Lord, direct my steps. Give me, get them a half price. I can't believe nobody, I can't believe you to send somebody to give me blue jeans. Come on. Come on, start developing your faith in your relationship with God. Start talking to him. Come on, believe him to heal you of a cold. Believe him to heal you of a headache. Man, when he heals you of a headache, then, you know, something heavier comes. The flu comes knocking. You say, no, no. Because, see, that's what David did. David's sitting on the hillside, and he's, and he's, he's having an experience with the impossible. They go, David, how are you going to go out there and kill Goliath? So let's look in, in 1 Samuel 17, 35. And, and he says this. But David said to Saul, and the king's like, man, you're just a punk kid. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, you know. And he said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it, I caught its beard, struck, struck it, and killed it. And that, 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 that's, that's, I'm like his brothers. That's a crazy story. You found that line, something killed it. It died of old age, and you drugged a carcass in here. You ain't, you ain't killed a lion, you punk. You crazy. You ain't killed a bear. Probably the lion and the bear fought each other, and you drugged a carcass in here of that bear. And David, know, he knew what he did. He, he knows the truth, that God's with him. God's with him. We need a personal and practical faith in God. You know, we all want to see the supernatural. We all want to see the glory fall, but you know what? We've got to walk it every day. We have to walk out our faith every day. I have to walk out my faith every day. Let me tell you a quick story. 
you know, we don't talk about bears and lions, but, but th there was this, this uh, elk guide in Colorado. And he's bugling elk, and he has his daddy with him, and his daddy's in his 70s. And, he, and they're bow hunting for an elk, and he's on the side of the mountain, and his daddy's down about 150 yards from him because that's where the channel comes, that elk coming up there, and he's bugling. I don't know if you've ever seen any of that, but a, uh, an elk bugles uh, for the cows to come to him. But if another elk bugles close enough, he's going to kick his behind. Okay? That's the way it goes. So his daddy's down the hill, and he's bugling, and he's looking around, and, then he, and he looks behind him, and about 75 yards, here comes a grizzly. It's a true story. And the gri grizzly's coming right at him. And so he does, a, you know, things that I've done with bulls chasing me and stuff. Ha! He gives it a big, yeah, trying to scare it. And it keeps coming. Well, it's on now. That bear's not stopping. And so he does what he knows in his heart and his mind's a death run, and he takes off running. And the bear begins to run after him. And he starts yelling at his daddy, run, run. And his daddy turns and looks and sees the bear coming. And he pulls the bow back, and he releases the arrow, and the guy running, he saw the arrow go by him. And he's still running. And all of a sudden, the bear slaps him on the leg and knocks him to the ground and jumps on him. Mauls him, bites his arm, starts you know, chewing him. He's balling up, trying to fight. And his daddy's beating it in the back with his bow. Like that's doing any good. It ain't even phasing him. Bear don't even know he's there. But he, all the time the guy's on the ground, he's thinking, he's going to kill me, and now he's going to kill my dad because my dad won't run. You know, you ever seen those movies where the, the guy said, wife, take off running. I'm going to hold him off. Don't you be coming in here. You don't be hurting my husband. You know, and they, she don't leave, so she gets it too. You see what I'm saying? And that's exactly what's rolling in his mind. You know, ladies, let your husband defend you, and somebody needs to get saved, okay? Don't be standing there. Don't you be talking about my husband like that. You know what? You're going to get it too. Come on. Run. We're so removed, you know. But, but this, his dad's beating this bear, and, and, and all of a sudden the bear stops, takes the leans back, and collapses to the ground. Dead. And the guy's, his, I mean, I saw pictures. His arms chewed. His, 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 I mean, the teeth marks on his head. And, and, you know, and the thing, and he's like, what in the world happened? And they call the game wardens, and the game wardens come, and they skin the bear. And his daddy shot a perfect shot. And the bear running and went right through its heart. Perfect shot. Now, what I'm not telling is his daddy about eight months before had shoulder surgery. And the day before, he missed an elk at 35 yards real close, but he couldn't hold steady. But when the bear's coming, he, he released the arrow. They said it was a miracle shot. Saved them both. What you going to do when the bear comes? Come on, you're facing bears. We face bears all the time. We face bears all the time, but God's our help. God's our help. Number five, develop faith in your God-given strengths. Quit looking at everybody else. Well, if I was like them, I, I could do this. If I had his armor, if I had his money, Quit judging yourself by everybody else and what they've got. And you start developing what you've got with God. Amen, Amen Pastor Brett. Because you have gifts and abilities. And you need to start proving them. 
You may not ever sing. Quit believing God to sing. You've got gifts and abilities. Huh? Not a, you're not called to stand in a pulpit and preach. But you have gifts and abilities that can be used for God. So David stands before the king and the king starts, okay, if you're going, I'm going to send you, I'm going to bless you to go. Take my armor. Remember, Saul's a big boy. David's a a 14-year-old punk, roughly. He's somewhere in there. He's a teenager. He can't wear it. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. Look what it says. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. And he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. (laughs) Can you imagine it? (laughs) He's trying to walk around. How's he going to fight? And he can't even walk. And David said, I haven't tested this. I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Look at the next verse. And he took his staff, his shepherd's staff, I heard my pastor preach this one time. If that rock didn't work, he'd have went and hooked him in the neck and broke his neck with that staff anyway. Because God was with him. Come on. Look. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from a brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Go at it. He went at it. So I got to thinking about this, and I put a video together. So let's watch this video. Hey, everybody. Listen, we just read where David went down and picked up five smooth stones to face Goliath. The Bible says that he picked them up, put them in his pouch, and then he ran towards Goliath. I want to talk about those five stones just for a second. Um... You know, I've heard many sermons on them that, you know, the five stones represent the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and, you know, uh, evangelist. But, and then I've heard that Goliath had four of the brothers, so he, he picked up a rock for everybody. But I just want to address, you know, in the, in, sometimes things come upon us and we want everything to be just right. We don't move out. We won't move out and or witness to somebody or talk to somebody about Jesus because we don't think we're ready or we're not this. Well, David didn't have time. I mean, this is a smooth song, but it's not perfect. But, you know, he could have probably picked out the most rounded smooth stones he could find. This is a perfect smooth stone. It's a marble. It's man-made. He didn't have time to shape a marble. He had to go with what was before him. And there's times in your life you've just got to go. So why you got to put the word in you uh, when you need it, it'll be there. And you'll have a scripture. And, you know, Jesus said when you stand before people, don't worry about, you know, what you're going to say, what you're going to say, what am I going to say? But let the Holy Spirit learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, learn to be led by the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide you. Uh, Too many times we back off. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that because I don't have a smooth stone. I don't have everything prepared. Everything's not just right. Now listen, I do believe in excellence. And when you have time to prepare, prepare with excellence. But sometimes you're put in situations, you just got to go with whatever's laid before you. May not be perfect, but it'll still penetrate the heart. 
go ahead and share the word of God and put the devil on the run this Sunday. Amen. You see, you see, we want everything to be perfect. But see, what I'm talking about is God putting his super on your natural. I've worked at jobs and asked God to bless what I put my hand to. Building stuff, selling stuff. I've had meetings where I'm standing before and I prepared and prepared and prepared and they asked a question that's not on the, wasn't on the agenda. Uh, but you know what? I prayed beforehand. I prayed. I walked in because of, uh, uh, of the Spirit of God. I walked into meetings and they're trying to decide whether they're going to stay with my company or go somewhere else. Chunk of money on the table. I've got to have this, you know. This is awesome. And I walk in, and I've got everything prepared, and, 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 the, and the man walks in, and they go, and everybody goes, we're going with him. And he goes, okay, then that's off the table. And I just turned, I said, well, all right, thank you, all see you all later. Walked away. I didn't have to do anything. Wasn't that I wasn't prepared, though. Wasn't that I didn't pray. You've got to pray and believe God that you're anointed, and your simple things, okay, I, I rocks. Do you know somebody became a millionaire selling pet rocks? Why didn't you come up with that idea? <laughs> huh? They thought, well, and people said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And they sold them all over the country. Right. Took a rock, put two eyeballs on it, and sold it as a pet. <laughs> Best kind of pet you can have. Don't have to clean up after it or nothing. A dollar a piece. Didn't cost them anything. Just went and picked up some rocks and put some eyeballs on them. Simple, but yet we want something explosive to happen. When God wants to bless your abilities, what you do and how you do it. Come on. But we're waiting, we're waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, that's the other end. I'm waiting on the Lord. And then some people just, ah, you need to get saved. <laughs> you know, and just scare the far out of everybody. But then you got the other end. We're going to wait on God to move before we testify or anything. Nobody's ever going to get anything then, are they? No, as you step out, David picked up the stones. They weren't perfect. Put them in his pouch, and he's moving towards them. Huh? As he's moving towards them, God's leading him. Come on, step out. What, what do you have? What, what is your skill? What can you do? I, ain't got to do? I can't do anything. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There's some things I don't do. Doesn't mean I can't do them. I can't do everything. I need help. And God will put people in your path to help you and push you up. Sometimes you may not like it. I had a boss push me. Every year he added, you know, 20% to what I had to do. And I'm like, God, just had a blowout year. We starting over? You putting double the work on me. I worked, I worked on a job. We built stuff, and I did my job in two days, day and a half, actually. And they go, well, hey, since you finished that, come over here. But I was glad to do it. And then they said, since we got this, we need you to do this. Because you think they're going to let me stand around and go, I didn't hire on to stand around and that's not my job. Quit it. I said, you know, listen, listen. We live in America. We have freedom. 
You know what that means? Everybody's got an opinion. Like bad breath, you're going to have some every now and then. And you're going to have an opinion every now and then. But what does your opinion matter 300 years from now? What, what, is your, what, what is it that you're upset about? Does it matter in the light of eternity? So you, I'm, I'm just, I ain't doing nothing now. That the devil got you in a, he got you caged and bound. People are bound by, they don't think God loves them. They're bound by, by condemnation. They're bound by, uh, they don't think they have any skills and abilities. I'm trying to set you free today. Come on now. I'm trying to set you free. Your smile can change somebody's life. You telling somebody, just like Miss June told him, God loves you as much as he does anybody or more than anybody else on the earth. We had a girl in our church 30 years ago, and that's all, that's all she knew. She didn't know the Bible. She just got delivered from drugs, emphysema. God healed her, and all she could say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, because that was the revelation she had. And people would cry when she'd tell them, Jesus loves you, because she asked God to anoint what I say. Jesus loves you. Have you, when's the last time you asked God to do anoint what you say? I don't care if it's secular. I don't care if you're working. Have you asked God to bless what you put your hand to? Have you asked God to ask you to, to, to let you shine? They'll, they'll want how can, to, how can we give this man a raise? I know we got a, I know there's, they got a, a hold on all the raises, but he deserves a raise. They'll, they'll, move, they'll move for you. If God's favor's on you. It's on you, but you're sitting on it. You got it in your pocket. You're hiding it. You never pull it out and say, I got the favor of God. I got the favor of God. All the way, every day, you need to get up on the way to work. I got the favor of God. You need to wake up out of bed. I'm, I'm saved today, and I've got the favor of God. God blesses me. Bless what I put my hand to. He blesses me. I'm blessed coming in and going out. When I walk into this and when I leave, I'm blessed. Not church. Life. Life. Let's finish this story. Let me just say this. We need God to anoint our human efforts. That's what it's about. Well, the Lord did it. No, he did it through you. Psalms, uh, not, where are we at? I, I mean, Psalms 33, I'm not going to turn there. But Psalms 33 talks about not trusting in methods, but trusting in God. Armies, you can't trust in your armies, king. You can't trust in your strength, soldier. You can't trust in your horse, but you trust in the almighty God. And he'll put you on a horse, and he'll put you in the army, and he'll put you out there, and you trust in him. In 1 Samuel 17, 48 through 50. Well, number six, declare the victory. Do you know that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they're walking in the desert, you know who's first? Judah. Every morning they're, they're praising God. You need to wake up praising God. You need to declare God. Let's finish this story. 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. I'm sorry I jumped ahead. Listen, David said to the Philistines, you come with me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts to give the... And, uh, the God of the armies of Israel to whom you have defied. 
And he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. This day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. When's the last time you talked to your problem like that? Oh, it's just so bad. I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have any money. I don't have this. I don't know. Come on. Start declaring out of your mouth. What did we start last Sunday? I am. I am. David didn't do this for himself. He did this for God. God wants you blessed for him. And you know, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to stand up? Buddy and Jericho, there is a God in heaven because of your life. Your life's a living testimony. Your life is a living testimony. It makes me want to cry, shout, run, slobber, everything. Because there is a God in heaven. In your brother. Prejudiced man in prison and then he comes out and he gets saved in the predominantly black church and baptized. Glory. There's a God in heaven. It takes care of hate. He takes care of indifferences. He takes care of sin. He takes care of everything. We serve a mighty God. And there is nothing that he cannot do. Come on. Oh, you ain't never done nothing for me, Pastor Brett. <laughs> then open up your heart and say, Jesus, come in. Jesus, stir in me. Jesus, do a work in me. It's putting God first. Look in 48, 48 through 50, real quick, we're going to finish. And so he said, when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, the old ugly giant, Goliath, that David hurried and ran toward the army of the Philistines. He got God. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. Wait a minute, stop and measure. Oh, wait a minute, I don't have any stones. What if he said, I can't find any smooth stones, and went back to Saul and said, you know, forget it. No, sir, he's going with what he's got. He slung it, and he struck the Philistine in his forehead and said the, the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Next verse. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. So David went and picked his up and chopped his head off because he said, well, maybe, you know, the Philistines may have been thinking, well, maybe they just knocked him out. Well, when David held up the head, they began to run. God wants to give you victory where you're holding up the devil's head. And he will flee. Resist him. Or go at him. Go at him. Devil, come on. Let's me and you talk about the blood of Jesus. Let me talk about the name of Jesus to you. Let me talk about what Jesus did at Calvary for me and how he defeated you. You are a liar. You are a thief and you have to go. And I call back what belongs to me, what's mine. I'm taking a stand today. I'm taking a stand on the word of God. Me and Jesus are more than enough. Come on, you got to take that stand. You got to get bold today and start declaring what God has for you.
You know, even Gideon, God said, no, you got too many. Let's just, let's just pick 300. And then Gideon's like, wait a minute. Come on, we got to, you have gifts and abilities and talents and, and maybe your attitude is holding you back. Maybe, maybe that's the giant in you. Maybe hurts and pains are holding you back. It's time to get rid of them. Let's go back to last Sunday and let's say some things. Let's say, I am a child of God. I am bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm not my own. God, use me. Here am I. Use me. Use me. I'm ready. I am ready. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, come on, receive him today. Oh, God sent his son to die just for you. Will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. I need to give my heart to God. Anybody? Maybe you're here today and you go, you know, I've walked away from what God wants me to do. I'm not right but I want to get there. Maybe you just need to plead the blood of Jesus over yourself today. Ask God to empower you. Let's just do that. Say, Father, today I ask, wash me in the blood. Cleanse me of unrighteousness. Renew a right spirit within me. Empower me. Oh, to be the best that I can be. Father, with your anointing, there is nothing I cannot do. I receive it today. I thank you for victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. For you're the God of victory. It's not on me to do it. It's on you. And you're going to help me to have the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.